Well, hello, 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 fellow CNCers. Not fellow, like girls and guys. And this is Garrett with IDC Woodcraft. And of course, we have Bill. Hey, Bill, say hi. Hey. Yeah, Bill's my Canadian buddy. I'm down here in Indiana in the States. And Bill is, what did I say, Ontario when I was wrong? What, correct me. Yeah, Min. In New Brunswick. New Brunswick, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. East Coast. Yeah. So is there snow up there still? Uh, yes, we actually got uh, a little sprinkling last night and night before. Okay. It's been warm, but uh, today's today's minus 21 Celsius with the wind. Oh, okay. It's, it's yeah. kind of balmy there today then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so today is March today 15th. Was... What's that? I was just going to say it was plus, uh, plus 11 two days ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you guys are the Celsius kind of guys. We have the uh, imperial imperial system. Yeah. Which makes no yeah. sense to me whatsoever. I I am such a metric lover and I'm stuck <laughs> with the inch system. You know, it, people, this is what I found throughout my career is when, when you, know, you deal with inches, you understand it, right? And then... Um, you're introduced to metrics and it's like a deer in the headlights but metrics are so easy compared to inches they make so much yeah. more sense yeah uh, but i do both do you yeah just you have the way to. i grew up yep. Yeah. Yep. i prefer yeah. when i'm measuring or when i'm designing anything it's all in inches uh, i can switch back and forth pretty quickly until you get into the larger sizes but when you're doing i find when you're doing anything large and you've got to add 36 and 5 eighths with 24 and 7 sixteenths. If that was in, if that was in millimeters, it's easy just to add the two numbers. It might be a ridiculous number like 2,412, but 2,412 is still easier than you know 78 and 15 sixteenths. Right. Just, right. But. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I guess that's the way it goes. You get used to it. You understand it. And uh, we were talking about some of the challenges of doing CNC router work. You know, when 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 uh, you first get into it, and the <laughs> the learning curve and the mistakes that come along with the learning curve. And sometimes you sit back and just scream at that machine. Yeah, I've actually done it. <laughs> I, Bill, have you ever been at that time when you sat there and just said, "I hate this machine. I just hate it." Yep, I've uh, I've had to walk away sometimes and just yeah. just come back in an hour or come back in a different day. Right, right. So that's what we want to talk to you about today is uh, some of the challenges because when when beginners first start getting into CNC routers or any kind of CNC machine for that matter it's always comes across as uh, appearing easy what did you say about YouTube videos Bill Sh share that again about you just videos. find that well everything you see on YouTube has been pretty polished nobody not many people put up their failures and their experiences it's always you see the finished product and everything's perfect so when a lot of new people go to do something that they've seen on youtube they hit all the struggles and don't realize all the stuff that took place that never made it into the video 
yeah yeah tell me about it i do youtube channel and i tell you what bill the longer my videos are the longer it takes to put these things together and the more reshoots i have to do just on that note i mean when it comes to making something a project i know shooting videos not making something on the cnc router however it's the same thing it's uh, my videos are are somewhat polished i try to not get into that hey this is a perfect world out here you know because there, there's so many things that you know people don't expect when they first get into this and one of those is that learning curve and all the mistakes you make along the way i got a great example that just popped into my head when as soon as you said the youtube videos my first youtube video the one i made of the door hanger it was my first one i had no idea what i was doing but i put it all together and I was sitting down to edit the video and I realized I had spelled the name wrong on the sign. And I didn't realize that until I had shot the whole video or not shot, but I recorded myself making it. And there was no way in God's green earth I was gonna go back and do it again. Right. So nobody notices because it's a simple spelling mistake, but in the video, the name is spelled wrong on the sign. <laughs> Interesting. Talk about projects, right? Uh, um and videos and cnc projects so so we'll talk about the projects and the frustration that come along with that is so i have a, a grid cutting program that, that for the bob's cnc routers right the evolution four where it cuts a two inch by two inch grid on the work bed so that it makes it so much easier if you, if you have a cnc router you, you got to cut a grid on your machine <laughs> i'll try to put a link down in the description so you can go find that video too so you understand exactly why you want a grid however uh, uh i had to shoot a video describing how to do that just so people have that video walkthrough uh, as opposed to reading instructions and <laughs> i'm making the video i got my camera on the bit and i hit go and that router bit started drilling into the bed because I didn't set up my zeros right uh, and, 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 yeah it was like oh my gosh so you know even even with all the experience we still make mistakes and you were saying just the other day you had a problem what was it oh I've had you know what I've had a few problems in the last little while um, and one of the ones that sticks out to me was I was making a 3d carving I have a new dust boot for my CNC, which I mean, a dust boot is a dust boot, but I've had the old dust boot for two years. So the setup that I have and what I what I was doing worked. I had a system in place that worked great. I've got a new dust boot that instead of having the dust extraction in the front, it has it in the back, which causes problems where it's hitting my clamps. And I was 60% I was like four hours into a 3D curve when the dust boot hit my clamp and just screwed up the whole curve. Oh, oh that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. In a, in, a, in a piece of walnut. So it wasn't a cheap piece of wood. But to make it worse, you know what? These things happen. You deal with them. I did it again. I put a new piece of walnut in. I was doing my roughing pass and I didn't tighten my bit tight enough so I was watching it cut and I was thinking to myself geez that seems deep and it kept on getting deeper and deeper until it clue I clued in like that something's wrong so 
I stopped the router, I lifted my z-axis, the bit fell out. So that that was number two. So on the third one, it, it finally did work, but I mean, mistakes happen, they happen to everybody. Yeah. The trick is is to learn from them and, 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 and to just move on. Don't get overwhelmed. I mean, it can get frustrating, but to just move forward. Yeah, you know, once you're on that third project like that, it, it kind of strips the joy out of the creation that the, all the effort you went through to kind of build that that particular project. And it, it, I'm smiling when you're telling me the story. I'm feeling your pain. That's why. It was uh, that, you know, we, we all do it. How many good pieces of wood <laughs> go up or get chalked up to a learning experience and then someday later we do the same thing again and it's just it's just part of the it's part of the journey of yep. never being perfect and and being able to step back and smile not let it take your spirit away from doing this stuff because even the pros make mistakes yeah, yeah. i wonder how much <laughs> wood has actually been trashed in my career with CNC machines at this point um, turned into firewood. Like how many pieces of nice oak and uh, <laughs> that have half a carve in it because the carve did exactly what you just said, where the the pit just decided to dig in further and further. I've got a cut in my spoil board that's a half an inch deep on a slope for the exact same reason, and I didn't even realize it until the machine started making all kinds of racket. And uh, by that point, it was working too much of the bit, right? I mean, the bit had actually gone down far enough that the non-blade part of the shaft was pushing on the material and pushed the entire board out of position. And so that one was a complete waste. Fortunately, it was a cheapo job that I was just doing just to see how it worked out. I did it on OBS. That, that, that what that particle board that real loose particle board and by the way i I, yep. I don't really recommend using that stuff i tried it for a little while it's it it's got a lot of it's got more glue in it than it has wood yeah i mean and it's you don't know what that wood is either it's all it's just scrap yeah wood. yeah and anything you make out of that it's gonna be garbage great for testing but it's also hard on bits it is. It's really hard on bits. In fact, I went through a carbide bit, a quarter-inch carbide upcut, farting with that stuff, in uh, a tenth of the time that that bit should have worn out because, because I don't know. It's maybe my feeds were off. You know, this was a little early on when I was messing with this stuff. I guess the feeds were off. The the, the glue. I know the glue had a big issue. Do you ever notice that with plywood when you're cutting plywood? relative to a full sheet of hardwood or something well i use i use real baltic birch like cabinet grade plywood so it normally has a consistent the plies are consistent the material is consistent uh the glue is consistent so what i normally do is if i have a bit for plywood that that bit is for plywood i don't i don't switch it back and forth because i find almost depending on what material you cut if i have a bit that i cut uh, hardwood in i keep that cut bit for hardwood if i have a cut that i use i cut acrylic that bit is for acrylic because 
I've found in my experience over the years that if you start switching bits back and forth, different materials wear the bit differently. And it, I just get a better life if I just keep one bit for one particular material. Interesting. I've not got myself to that kind of point. So how would you suggest uh, someone who's just getting into CNC handle that? You know, they're just investing in router bits and speaking of router bits, if you don't have router bits, if you're in Canada, go look Bill up uh, at cncbits.ca. He sells entire sets. We both sell the same set. He tackled the US, I tackled the, the States because there are no complete sets out there for the beginner. So uh, down in the description of this podcast, you can go check that out if you're looking for router bits and want to know exactly everything you need to know. That's a good sidestep, Bill, because I think the journey into CNC routers all the way along, you're constantly coming up against little frustrating elements, especially when you're new and everything looks pretty and shiny from the novice perspective and they're just buying a machine. And then as they get into it, just all these things keep popping up. And one of the things down the road is the mistakes along the way in your projects. But even right up front, when it comes to router bits. There's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. Yeah. Uh, and everybody sees, you know, we'll go back to YouTube, but it's not necessarily YouTube, but, but realistically, that's where most people see this stuff. YouTube, Etsy, whatever. Um, they see the finished product. They see the machine and think, how hard can it be? Uh, it really does, you know, it does take a learning curve. Uh-huh. Yeah. The trick is, is not to get discouraged and give up. Yeah. Well, you know, you know something, Bill, that's one of the things that uh, I know you realize that we've talked about this is there's a lot of people out there that want that help. There's no like one on one. Show me what to do to get from point A to point B. And so that's part of the frustration, I think. And that's why I've set up one on ones where people can schedule time with me and I will teach them. Right. Yeah. I think some people get frustrated because I charge for that. But, you know, it's, well, it's, it's the, the day and age where there's so much information out there, uh, you know, people expect an easy answer. And, and sometimes when that easy answer isn't there, it, it can be frustrating and overwhelming. Um, but there's just the problem with nowadays is there's so many options. There's so many different machines. There's so many different types of CNC bits. There's so many different materials. There's you know, different programs, it's almost impossible to be able to give somebody a one answer, you know, one sentence answer to their question because there's so many variables nowadays. So you can't. can't. Yeah. As a fact, just on that note, you know, I was telling, I do the one-on-ones. I've got someone who is scheduling time with me where we're going to go through the open builds website together because they're so great that we're going to walk through what is he looking for what what's his budget um what does he you know what's the long-term picture that he has and we'll build the machine on open builds with him and and so uh, that's just part of the, that's just part of the picture and um yeah, then, then I, <laughs> and we kind of got off track with the making the mistakes with the projects but I think that's all part of the entire journey when you're first getting into it. It's, um, there are frustrations. I learned, I learned by making mistakes. Yeah. That's just my, my, you know, learning capabilities, I guess.
podcast. I mean, I, I learn by watching videos, but I learn by making mistakes. And I've been in the business somewhat, you know, self-employed, you know, before I worked for myself, I worked for my parents. And I ha- I've had several employees over the years. And I always, people learn by making mistakes. If you screw up a $100 piece of wood, you learn pretty quickly not to do that mistake again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you could chalk one mistake up as your biggest worst mistake, what would it be? <laughs> comes to a project. Uh, well, I mean, one comes to mind. I don't know if it really applies, but years ago, uh, I was cutting a four by eight contoured map. So it was like an aerial. Um, topographical map for a museum and it was our, our area our city uh, so it was full it was just slightly smaller than four by eight it was cut out of inch two pieces of mdf glued together so it was inch and a half mdf and the carve time was ridiculous um, we started at eight o'clock in the morning and by like six o'clock that night it was still running so we decided to to leave it run overnight and what had happened is it actually it ran fine overnight but it overwhelmed the dust collection so when i came in the next morning there was so much dust because the dust collection just it got full and couldn't take the dust in there was dust everywhere in the shop and there was so much dust and interference it actually uh moved the the head over because of the resistance and ruined the project Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty substantial. That's so. Well, and I mean, <laughs> looking back, that that could have that was MDF. That could have caused a fire. That could have burned down. You know, we were in a commercial building with seven other tenants. I mean, that yeah. could have burnt everything down. That was that was bad. That was a bad mistake. Ooh, yeah, that's one of those ones that scares you. You still, when you think about it, you still get shivers. That's uh, yeah, I get that. And that's an interesting little side note. I've seen it a lot where people have asked about putting heat in their shops, uh, concerned about flash fires and what have you. And one of the things is typically if you got a good dust collection system, you're not going to get enough dust in there. In fact, it takes a lot of dust in the air to create a flash fire. And so as long as you're not doing what Bill yeah, just but friction. did, <laughs> then yeah. you're okay. But friction too, right? Right. Well, I friction, mean, you've got a lot of different friction and wood. Yeah. You got a motor that could have gotten very hot because it's getting crap in it, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. Well, if you get, you know, MDF might. I mean, MDF dust on its own is quite flammable, but if you get a, a, a kiln dried piece of pine and a router bit that's rotating in a spot, I mean, think of people that start fires with wooden sticks. You know, and spin them back and forth. You're doing that times a thousand. So, I mean, it's quite possible to start a fire. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I don't, I've got quite a few projects that, that went to waste. The one that really kind of got me was that sign I was just talking about that I, uh, I was telling you on the side, I made a sign for someone. And it, it was a learning curve of learning curves. 
they wanted a sign. They didn't really have a good definition on it, but they knew exactly what they wanted. It's got a nice logo. It's got a lot of heart to it. And I just wasn't sure how to do it, but I wanted to make the sign pop. It had this tree on it and leaves on the tree, but all the leaves were individualized. And so I imported a bit map, you know, as a bit map and put vectors over it. And then I, I ended up tweaking every single one of those leaves. I mean, we're talking probably 12 hours worth of work. And then uh, I, I did it in a carve where everything else was recessed except for the tree and the leaves. And these leaves, I mean, some of them are eighth of an inch in size, right? <laughs> that's that's small. And I'm, I'm running around on this, this nice piece of wood and these leaves are just chipping off like... <laughs> It's, yep. it was like it's like it's in the fall <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Uh, so I, I was uh, frustrated so I went back to the drawing board tried it on that OSB which I, at least it showed me what was going on because I could watch it and I just finally said you know what this is ridiculous I'm going to do it all in a v-carve style where all the cuts were uh, recessed instead of the opposite and that works out so much better it's so much faster by the way um but i went through four full blown cuts to get to that point and each 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 side because of the leaves and the small detail i had to work with a 16th inch bit for a good chunk of it so you're, you're talking four to five hours per 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 loss <laughs> if you will I mean there's a lot of time involved in some of the stuff and it doesn't take much to uh to ruin it right but the, the good the good thing is i did take it as a learning curve right I, I i learned that when you get down to a certain size you've got to rethink your strategy uh, or or know you have to learn the boundaries of what will work and what won't work relative to what you're trying to achieve and that's part of the learning curve that can be really frustrating that's what happened to me with that project. Made a similar mistake the other day with a small V curving of text where I chose the wrong degree of bit just by my own lack of inattention or lack of attention, I guess. Uh, I put in a 90 degree when it should have a 60 and just that little difference made the text pretty much unreadable. Hmm. Well, you were able to go back and put a 60 in a reprogrammer, weren't you? Nope. I oh. started cutting. I started cutting and it started cutting the text and it basically, uh, the text was small enough where like the A, for example, where the, the circle on the inside of the A, that, that extra little degree made basically a point um, oh. and I still had to paint it and finish it and it just it was wasn't acceptable for me yeah yeah that's uh, one one problem I think a lot of people run into the what what's the transition point of the angles that's just another part of the learning curve and the frustration when when you do that every CNC or goes through that too where they grab the wrong degree they'll either grab one that's too steep and then they end up cutting like uh, three quarters of the way through the board for a letter. <laughs> Have you done that one before? Yeah. Or or one that's too shallow, 
and it, it, it screws it up. And that's just a good way to get around it. I've seen people actually create their, like a little gauge uh, where they type yep, in. a V-bit gauge kind yep. of. Yep. yep. Different, well, actually, different depths, different so degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they actually cut it into, into wood. And it just gives you a good general idea of what you're going to be getting out of it. I was just saying one thing that I, I used to do, and I should do more of it, but once you once you get used to it a little bit, you kind of know what you're looking at. But I used to do a test before any small text like that. I would do a test in MDF. Just take your bit and cut the text out and make sure it's actually readable and it's what you want rather than sticking, you know, like for example, I engrave names in cutting boards. If I stick a $120 cutting board underneath that CNC, you better be sure that I know it's going to carve the way I want it to. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not bad to do whatsoever. I have spare scrap wood that I use just to do that. Or I'll, if I'm not sure, I'll actually pick out a letter or a word at that size, just carve that to see what it looks like and make sure I'm in the right ballpark with it. And that has saved me a number of scrap jobs as well. Um, one of the things I see online that I wish more people would do I see a lot of examples of people with like nice wood. Like if somebody's doing their first inlay into a cutting board, an angry cutting board, they didn't test it first. He just goes and slaps a piece of walnut in grain cutting board that he spent hours and who knows how much money on, and then does the test and inlay without without testing it. Well, why wouldn't you just take the time and do a test in pine to ensure that that you're doing it right? So if you just take a little bit extra time and do a test, make sure that whatever you're trying to do is going to work in your application before you put your, your finished product under there. That's just one way to, you know, curve that a little bit. I can't tell you how much time that has saved me by doing that. <laughs> so much. Inlays, that's uh, getting a little more advanced. Have you done some inlays? Uh, I've done a couple when I first got my machine. I started playing around with it. I never got it to the point where I was happy with it. Um, I just, I stopped because I moved on to something else. I understand how it works. I just haven't had to, uh, to do them yet. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things when it comes to business too. Are you in the, the CNC router world as a hobby or as a business. And and if you're in either one of those, then you have to uh, be a little more clear. For me, I'm not in business for inlays, right? I'm in business to teach people and to help people make an income with their CNC machines. And, uh, right. Yeah. It's great. And it's great if you're trying to develop a new product and you have time, but I'm quite busy and I've got so many products I, I want to do. I, I'd love to do them. Uh, it's just not something that I sell right now. It's just not on the list. So at some point in time, I'll get around to it. Yeah. Yep. Got it. But like you said, when, you know, if it's a business and you're moving forward with a business, it's it's great to, to have fun and play around, but it's a great way to learn also, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, it's, it, it's a hobby too. So, and it's a wonderful hobby to have. But, you know, getting back around, <laughs> you're going to make mistakes. It's just what's going to happen. And and that to step back, why did I do this? And 
how do I keep myself from doing it next time? And usually the thing that stops us from making a mistake again is the pain of the mistake. <laughs> you know, and when, when, the more painful the mistake is, the more likely that won't happen again. Yeah. And I mean, for me as well, I've got a pretty good system down with some of the products that I sell, like the door hangers, for example, I pre-cut my material down to a certain size. I have the product streamlined and every time I screw up a door hanger, I look at it and I say, well, there's, you know, that's $50 worth of profit gone. It didn't cost me $50. The material didn't cost me that. The time didn't cost me that. But, you know, once you start looking at things that way, you know, is it going to, it's just going to go onto the scrap pile into the fire pit. Right. So, yeah, but that is the way to look at it too. If you're in a business, then, then you have to look at it from a different angle and a different mindset. Uh, it is profit. You know, that's yeah. what business is about. profit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't, can't think of any other projects off the cuff that, I've run into a lot of mistakes with, you know, or, or the frustrations, but I can't say that along the entire journey of your CNC experience, as you're coming in from a beginner's perspective, no matter what you want to make of it, whether it's a hobby or business, there is that learning curve and there are going to be those mistakes and it's not your fault. It's just very normal that we go through it to learn the techniques and don't beat yourself up you learn and you grow it's like anything else so you're basically coming in like a baby and all babies have to learn to walk and yep. you know, I haven't run into a person yet that tried to discourage a baby from walking <laughs> you know so, so the, the, the moral of that is both Bill and I are encouraging you to work with it yes you're going to fall but you're going to grow with it as, as well if you start to see it as and ask questions, right? What's that? Ask questions. That's what ask questions. That's what we're oh, here yeah. for. It's, yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody learns differently. Some people learn by trial and error. Some people learn by asking questions. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by watching videos. You know, it's a combination of everything. Uh, and, and there's just, there's so much with these machines that not you can't just learn everything at once it takes years it takes time so just be patient yeah don't get don't get frustrated and overwhelmed if you need to step away for a few hours step away come back at it the next day with a fresh mind sometimes right. that's the best way just thinking of things overnight or, or just letting your mind relax on something else you know the answers will come to you yeah you know the other thing i want to say is don't you're not going to be able to make amazing projects right off the bat and it's going to take a while to work up to that and accept that that that's that's the journey and the mistakes are part of getting there and so long as you stick with it and say damn it i'm going to do this and i'm going to figure it out then then you will and you'll be making some pretty amazing projects in no time yeah it's uh I mean, right now, now this day and age with the internet and all the Facebook groups, it makes it easier on one hand to learn, to have the access to all this information, but it also, it can be overwhelming and it can lead, you know, people can get the wrong answers. 
just yeah. because you're on a Facebook group and somebody tells you something, don't take that as gospel. Don't don't take that as, you know, well, this guy told me this is what it is. Because not not everybody knows a lot and not everybody has the same setup that you have. What works for me might not work for you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good point. When in, in the Facebook groups especially like the uh, beginners type of groups uh, you see it I see it where people do come in and ask questions which machine should I get what do you recommend and there's so many different answers and sometimes it makes life more frustrating and confusing and that's why it's better to grab one or two people uh, that know what they're doing me and Bill, I, uh, I mean, you can just call us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we don't always know what we're doing. You know, we're we've been down the road with this stuff, but we're still learning too. Uh, but you want to you want to just get a couple people that are gonna help you through it, so you don't get all the noise, and you can avoid a lot of frustration that way. Because when you put it out to Facebook groups, sometimes you are gonna get more overwhelmed that, rather than get answers. <laughs> Would you agree? Oh yes, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, oh, what do you call them? You know, computer jockeys. There's a lot of people that just sit there waiting for somebody to post in some of these groups. But you know, it, it you just have to take it objectively and just kind of take the information you see and, and try it out. Uh, uh, but like I said, don't take it, you know, as gospel. Right. Right. And you'll figure out your own techniques and your own stuff along the way. Yeah. And another thing, I mean, the, the software nowadays can be completely overwhelming. I find it overwhelming sometimes. And I've got a lot of the plug and play stuff. But, you know, it's one of those things where if you type in a value and you, you're, you think you're clicking all the right buttons and it doesn't do what you think it's supposed to do it, it gets really frustrating um, and one way to think about it is these machines do exactly what they're told so the machine just doesn't decide to cut an inch deep when you told it to cut half of an inch something in there is telling the machine to do that so just keep that in mind and go back and just retrace your steps and, and just think of it that way it's not the machine's fault you've told the machine to do that you just didn't realize it yeah yeah that's it you just didn't realize it and so that's part of the learning curve absolutely yeah i i think if i could sum this up is life is life and no matter what you venture into <laughs> in this case being cnc it's going to be frustrating at times. There's, there's going to be times where uh, unusable public words come out of your mouth, right? <laughs> and and um, there's going to be other times where you're going to be have that feeling of a lot of reward because you've learned something and you've taken that lesson and you've created something entirely new and entirely different. So. Remember, there's a good side to all this, and that's why we're in it in the first place, to be creative. And, it, and the career, those creative juices, they just, they have to form and mold into, into whatever it is that's gonna come out of you. And sometimes the road's bumpy. I remember seeing a picture once, Bill, uh, my mentor showed this to me. They said, people who want to get from point A to point 
be often think it's a nice gentle bicycle ride up a nice gentle slope and that's what the picture was a very gentle slope somebody riding on a bicycle and the slope was nice and flat and even and and then they said this is what it actually is and it was like mountains and valleys and ladders and 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 alligators on the picture you know the, the journey to get to where you want to get is not an easy it's it's not a smooth ride but it's a rewarding ride by virtue of taking all those bumps and bruises and working through them yeah it's not a straight line you know and if it was easy you know like they say if it was easy everybody would be doing it so if you struggle and you're not getting anywhere, you can email Bill or I and we'll be more than happy to give you some guidance in this whole journey of CNC, this amazing world of creation. And uh, we're, we're, you can make beautiful things for yourself, for someone else. You can make money with it. It's just a journey to get there and enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. It's probably the last thing I could say to wrap up this podcast. What about you, Bill? What do you want to wrap up? One thing I just like to tell you is that everything takes time. Uh, You know, a lot of people get their machines and they get really excited and they think, you know, within the next month, they're going to be pumping out signs and they're going to be a millionaire, but it all takes time. And I mean, I've been doing this for years and I'm, I'm still figuring this out, you know, times change the market change products change technology changes so you know it everything takes time and and as soon as you realize that then you know it kind of puts things into perspective yeah yep absolutely okay well thank you for hanging around this podcast where we bounced around a little bit but overall we just try to talk about the getting over the frustration of the journey and, and being okay with your mistakes and knowing that mistakes are a lesson to make you a better cnc or in the end in whatever way shape or form that you want to create your projects so enjoy it and let that creative juice come out of you and make amazing stuff and show it to the world well, this is Garrett, IDC Woodcraft, and Bill. Yeah, Bill Keys. You can uh, just send me an email if you'd like. Uh, Bill at cncbits.ca. And that's the website. Yep. Or, you know, find us on Facebook. Yep. Facebook, yeah. Where can you, where can you find us? So, CNC Entrepreneurs and uh, CNC for Beginners. We're kind of all over the place, but those are the two primary groups where we hang out at. CNC for Beginners, CNC Router for Beginners. You guys changed the name of it. So CNC Routers for Beginners and CNC Entrepreneurs. All right. And I'm also the uh, Canadian CNC users on Facebook. Which one? That's my group. Uh, Canadian CNC users on Facebook oh, is mine as well. I didn't know that. I'll have to join that one. Can I join it, Bill? I'm in the States. No, oh, I'm just joking. No, no, anyone's <laughs> welcome. Right, right. And you know what? I'll t- I want to say something too. This is just like my own personal rant for having. I'm a member and a moderator of several Facebook groups. If you're trying to join a Facebook group and there's questions, answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you're not getting. Them. It's just that simple. There's so many spammers on Facebook joining groups, and the first post is just spam, spam, spam. Yeah. That. 
if you don't answer a question to a Facebook group, chances are you're not going to get in. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many people I've declined out of CNC entrepreneurs simply because they don't do that. They, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there are some that just don't read through the thing. They just think there's there's a button there to sign up, and it doesn't matter how loud you make the text to fill out the questions or you don't get in. They still do it. And it kind of breaks my heart because I know that there are some people out there that are genuine, but there are a lot of spammers out there too. And that's why that's that's there. Make sure you take that moment just to answer the questions. Let them know you're a real person. And then, then you'll be let in. Bill, Bill is a moderator on these groups. I'm a moderator on the groups and that's the way we operate. You know, it's, uh, yeah. the, the whole concept, the whole mindset on this end of see, the Facebook groups is if a person can't take the time just to do that, how, uh, how much interest do they really have in doing this kind of stuff? And the, the perception is they're just not very serious about it. Yeah. And on the same token, we're checking for spammers and spammers yeah. do show up. <laughs> They every day show up yep i get it on my youtube channel i had people yesterday they were spamming all the comments they would uh they'd say i don't care i don't know if anybody really cares but uh i i use this program to infiltrate my girlfriend's instagram and then they would yeah. come in with a separate account and someone would say, wow, that worked in 10 minutes. I got it too. So I had to go through my comments and get all them, you know, reported as spam and phishing and, and all the other kind of stuff. It just happens. This yep. is life. But that's, that's the new thing where there's two people, they act like it's a comment back and forth. And then, anyway, this yep. is not, that's not really podcast but, that's just, but, but it's uh yeah, but I mean, it's part of why, why you want to answer these questions. You know, we yep. want to know you're a real person. So answer the question in the way that the question is stated. All right. Well, I think we said enough. That was a, that was a little good rant and rave. Um, yeah. yeah. Enjoy the journey. CNC is an amazing world. And there's a clique of people in it that love to create. And, and the majority of them want to help each other to uh, grow and be better creators. All right. Well, I've kind of said everything I need to say today. What about you, Bill? Nope. All right. Well, thank you for taking out some time in this podcast and know that CNC is a fun thing to do. And uh, I hope you have a great day and a better tomorrow. And let those creative juices flow. This is Garrett and Bill. And we will talk to you next time.